Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 13 of Coach Bennett's podcast, The Case to Race, where I'm going to be basically making a case for you to race because I think racing is pretty awesome. And I think you would find it pretty awesome if you don't already find it awesome. Either way, I'm going to be presenting evidence or really just my ideas of why I think that you should race. But I'm also gonna be talking about Jaws, I'm gonna be talking about New Jersey, I'm gonna be talking about LA, because that's where I'm actually recording this today. And we'll talk about so much more because that's what we do in Coach Bennett's podcast. So without any further ado, let's go. Welcome to episode 13, that's right, lucky number 13 of Coach Bennett's podcast. And I gotta tell you, Right off the bat, if the sound quality doesn't seem like it's as good as previous episodes, you've got a good ear. The reason why is because this guy forgot the microphone. Yeah, that's right. I am traveling once again. I'm down in LA and I thought I had packed my microphone and I didn't. So after I probably alerted the authorities or after I freaked out my entire floor with a no, I've decided to just barrel on ahead and sound quality be damned, we're moving forward. We are doing this episode and I apologize for the low quality sound, but it's actually fitting because I'm sure the podcast is low quality as well. I'm just kidding, just being self-deprecating. Although I will tell you this, every once in a while, there is a random review. They don't happen very often, but they do happen. I think there's like maybe three or four kind of crappy reviews for Coach Bennett's podcast. And I gotta say, it cracks me up. And by cracks me up, I mean it breaks my heart in two. Moving on, let's talk about today's episode, which is a case to race. That's right, the heart and soul of this episode is going to be me making the case for you all to race. Now, I know some of you may love to race. That's wonderful. I'm gonna bring up some extra reasons that maybe you haven't thought of or maybe you haven't experienced to continue to race. And I know there are some of you that are kind of, you know, on the fence. I'm hoping to push you right off the fence and onto a starting line for a race. And then there are some of you that say, I don't wanna race. And that's fine, that's okay. I just want you to know all of the cool parts about racing. So maybe, just maybe, you change your mind. Because it's okay to change your mind. I'm not trying so much to change your mind as just making sure you have all of the information so the decision that you have seemingly already made and is set in stone is the correct decision. See, I'm one of those people that I have no problem if somebody kind of tries to poke holes in what I believe in. I don't, I don't get offended by that. In fact, 
I welcome it. Because if I believe in something and you poke some holes in it, well, it's going to force me to actually think more about what I believe in. And, and maybe I don't have the right set of beliefs. Now, something else can happen too. You can attempt to poke holes in what I believe in, and there are no holes. And now maybe you need to check your head and see if what you believe in is actually right. And what you've actually done for me is given me a gift because you have reaffirmed that what I believe in is on solid ground. So if you are someone that says, you know what, I don't, I don't have any, any desire to race, that's cool. Let's just see if after this episode, you still, which you might, have no desire to race, okay? And I also have a whole bunch of other things to talk about, which we're going to get into right now, like the fact that I'm in LA. Now, why am I in LA? Well, I'm in LA because tonight I get to sit down with a number of run crew leaders from LA and community running leaders from LA and celebrate them. And I'm really excited about that because anytime there are people out there that are inviting others to starting lines, anytime there are people out there that are trying to lift up their community, give them opportunities, introduce them to this unbelievably great sport in the right way, well, I'm all in if I get to celebrate them. So I'm down here in LA, which means I was in Portland for about a day and a quarter after having been on the East Coast in New Jersey before I had to get back on a plane. So that's not the coolest thing in the world, but it is cool that I get to meet with some cool people. And I'm back in Portland tomorrow. So it's not that long of a trip, but it's a worthy one. Now I was in New Jersey, as you know, from the last episode. In fact, I'm, I'm wondering if I recorded two episodes ago, which that would have been episode 11. Did I record episode 11 in New Jersey? Guess what, Chris? Nobody cares. The point is, I was in New Jersey, and I gotta say, my running wrapped up really well. It was kind of a Jersey Shore running tour, and I talked about this a little bit on episode 12, where I hit all of my favorite running spots, okay? So there was the boardwalks of Spring Lake and Belmar and Avon and Bradley Beach, there was Homedale Park, there was CBA, there was Thompson Park, there was the Manasquan Reservoir, so many great spots, even Alaire State Park, and that run was completely and totally miserable, but it was nice to get to run in Alaire State Park because I don't normally get to run there. And I ran more in the two weeks I was back in Jersey than I have in quite some time. And I know it wasn't because suddenly I was fit, and it wasn't because, you know, suddenly I had this, like, incredible motivation. It was just I was running on places that just made me feel good. Even before the run, I just felt better. There's, like, an aura or a vibe. I mean, I don't want to get too, you know, weirdo about these things. But, you know, some places resonate differently for different people. And the places where I was running, they resonate differently for me. And they make me feel good. And they do inspire me and motivate me and, and allow me to kind of go through a whole bunch of VHS tapes that I have stored in my head of uh, cool memories and some tough memories too. But, you know, sometimes it's good to revisit those as well. Anyway, I got some really good running in and I'm trying, I'm hoping to continue that, uh, which is why 
I'm sitting here recording this um, covered in sweat because I got my run in basically right after I checked into the hotel. And oddly enough, I think this is the third time I've recorded a Coach Bennett's podcast in a hotel room. And on top of that, this is the third different state I've recorded a Coach Bennett's podcast in a hotel room. The first one was Florida when I was in Miami. The second one was in Illinois, in Naperville, and now here in Los Angeles, or am I technically in Marina Del Rey? I'm not quite sure how that operates, but I'm in one or the other. I was running around a marina about 10 minutes ago before I started recording this. But the point is um, that there is really no point to that segue. In fact, I've already lost track of what I was talking about. Oh, the, the great places that mean a lot to me on the run, and I'm trying to keep that going. I'm trying to keep that momentum going. Um, and today's supposed to get pretty hot in LA, and that's why I'm trying to run early. And I don't need to even say trying to run early because my run's done, and it was actually a very nice run. Um, I didn't feel particularly great, but once I accepted that, I just enjoyed kind of looking around at the marina. I mean, you know, it's, you know what, I'll, 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 Believe me, I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Well, actually, no, I am going to waste a little bit more of your time. Actually, you know what? I'm not wasting any of your time, okay? Because this is actually interesting. And if it's not interesting, that's fine too. But I really love boats, but I don't think I've ever been really on a boat. I know I've never really been at a boat out at sea or in the ocean. No kind of deep sea fishing or anything like that. But the idea of it is amazing to me. And I want to go out on a boat. Now, part of this, oddly enough, stems from my absolute adoration of the movie Jaws. I love Jaws. It's one of my favorite movies. Anytime it's on TV, I'm watching it. Because I think it's one of the best written, best acted, best directed movies of all time. It's just as close to perfection as you're going to get as far as I'm concerned. Especially for a, I don't know what you want to call it. Is it a drama? Is it a thriller? Is it an action movie? Is it a horror movie? Is it all of them? I think so. I'm a massive fan of Jaws. I would love to know whether you are too. Actually, you know what? How can you not be? So I, I'd be more interested if you've never seen Jaws, check it out and then let me know what you think. Now, this is the deal though, okay? No interruptions. None of this, you know, people running around and talking and no, just sit down and watch Jaws. Pay attention, get invested in it, and enjoy it. And then let me know what you think, because it would, it's hard for me to imagine that there are people out there that have not seen Jaws. So if you are one of those people, one, wow, what happened? You know, why haven't you seen Jaws yet? Two, what did you think? Because obviously you're going to watch Jaws. Okay, so I just think it's weird that I have this desire to go out on the ocean, in a boat, and I believe it's inspired by Jaws. That's weird, you know what I mean? It's like watching Friday the 13th and being like, I really wanna visit abandoned camps in the middle of the woods that had horrible things happen there. You know, like who, what, you do? So, yeah, I don't know, I'm not actually, let's just get off this subject and let's get into the subject of episode 13, which is me making the case for the race.
Okay. Let me now just have a few uh, just details about what I mean by a race here, okay? A race is any race at all. I don't care if it's a 100-meter dash on a track. I don't care if it's a 5K road race or if it's an ultra marathon on some crazy trail in the mountains of France. I'm talking about any race where there's a starting line and a finish line and potentially a clock, although some races don't really need to have a clock. And you go out there and you try to do something as best as you can. And in this race, there's an element of competition. It could be a competition that completely resides within yourself. You're competing with yourself. That's fine. That's cool. That's badass. It could be that there's an element of competition with other people. So you're competing with other people during this race. It, it doesn't matter. But there's an element of competition as well. So I'm using as, as big of a halo around the concept of racing as I possibly can because I think any kind of racing is really good. As long as it's you know, comes from a good place and it's healthy, which is why I used the term compete with and not compete against. If you've been listening to the podcast and you hear me talk about competition, if you hear me talk about racing, it's usually using the term with instead of the term against. And I will always give credit to the great gentleman that I got it from. That is Jeff Johnson, who said we should compete with and not against each other during those races, and uh, I agree with them. Okay, let's get started. I'm about to make my case for why you should race. <clears throat> Exhibit A, it's fun. Racing is fun. Now, I already know there will be people in cross-examination that will say, no, it's not. It's not fun at all. N no, racing is fun, okay? just. Get yourself removed from the conversation for a minute and just think about a race. Not what you're putting on it, not the stress that you're putting into it, not the fear and the anxiety that is being brought by you. Just think of a race. There's a starting line, there is a finish line. And all you have to do is cover the distance, the ground, the duration between those two lines as best as you can. That's it, okay? And that should be fun. That should be a good time. Now, if it's not, okay, well, let's peel this onion and see why it's not fun. And that's an entirely different exercise, which is a valid form of exercise to find out why you are not having fun racing. And we can do that sometime. We can do like a, a live Q&A, which I've done before on Instagram. And if you're courageous enough to kind of peel back some of those layers with me, we can dive in and figure out why is racing not fun for you? Because it's supposed to be fun. It is. It is meant to be fun. Racing is naturally a fun experience. So what we need to find out is, well, what, what happened? And I'll tell you what, it's not your fault. It's not. So don't come in thinking you're in the wrong. We just have to figure out what is off and just right the ship. That's all. 
It's just like anything else. It's just us trying to figure out how to set things right. That's all. And in every other element, usually of athletics of any kind, we're okay with that. Like you see someone whose serve is off in tennis. The athlete doesn't freak out and think they're a terrible person because their serve is off when the coach calls out like, hey, listen, we're actually, you know, a little bit off here. The ball's drifting a little bit to the left, which is why, you know, when the racket comes over, we're not hitting it solid. And as a result, we're going wide. No, we like, okay, it's mechanics. Let's figure it out. No one thinks that they're a bad person or a, a weaker version of themselves because their swing is off in golf or in baseball or in softball. No, what you do is you work on it. It's, it's one of the greatest parts about sports is we have the freedom to not be perfect. We have the freedom and the luxury to work on things and improve them. For some reason, when we get to mindset, people like clench up and panic and they think that having something off mindfully, mentally is, is different than physically. And it's not. You can work on it just like you can with some of those techniques, functions, and form aspects that we work on in everything else. I mean, when we go on a run, you've heard me say, when we're going for a run, we're working, yes, on physical endurance. We're also working on mental and mindful endurance. Okay, great. Okay, well then take that and bring it into everything else. So if there are anxieties, if there are fears, let's not have more anxiety working on our anxiety. Let's not be afraid to work on some of our fears, okay? That's all I'm saying. And racing, to bring this full circle, should be fun. So if it's not fun, that's okay. Let's figure out why it's not fun. Because maybe if we work on it, it can be fun. What an unlock that would be, huh? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Exhibit B, and I don't know if I'm using these terms correctly. I'm not a lawyer. You know what I mean? I didn't go to law school or pass the bar. Although, usually when I pass a bar, I go in. Okay. B, it's a challenge. Yes. Now, this is a great one because I already see people raising their hands. Like, exactly. That's why I don't like it. No. If you run, you love the challenge, whether you realize it or not. There's no way you start a run and are not accepting the fact that this run in and of itself is a challenge. It is a form of a challenge. It is, I am going to go out there and I am going to try to complete this run. Whether you're measuring it on distance, duration, miles, meters, minutes, whether you have a different type of challenge that you're setting off on this run, can I mentally handle it? Can I physically handle it? Can I have a good time? There are all sorts of these challenges that are built into every single run. Easy runs, speed runs, long runs, all of them have a challenge component to it. A race has another challenge component to it. And this is the cool thing. The challenge associated with race is not always how fast can you run this distance. That's silly. That bothers me so much when people measure the success of a race by that one metric. How fast can I cover this distance? I, I, don't, I don't know. Most races shouldn't be measured by that. Because I'll tell you what, the overwhelming majority of races you run in your life will not end with you running the fastest time for that particular distance. It, it won't. That's not how it works. 
That's not how it's supposed to work. And that's not what makes running fun, which was exhibit A. It's all of the different ways you can race a race. Sometimes it could be about place instead of pace in the race. Wow, that just came out. I kind of knew when I said place, I'm like, I think this is going to be like three words in a row that rhyme, and that always sounds fun. I don't know why it cheers me up, but it cheers me up. But it could be. You know, how do you do in your age group? Or how do you do overall? You know, something like that. It could be I'm taking it easy, and then, you know, I want to I push the second half of a race, so let's see how many people I can pass in the second half of a race. Or it could be trying to stay at a certain pace for a certain duration of the race. And then whatever happens, happens after that. I mean, you have so many different ways to look at it. It could be, this is, uh, the great challenge here is going to be the distance. So it's not even the pace. I'm not concerned about the pace at all. It's, can I keep running? Because there are races like that, that are just duration-based. How much distance can you cover? Or how long can you keep running? I mean, there are all sorts of these different types of races. So when you take on a race, you get to decide what the challenge or challenges are that you want to take on during this race, okay? It's not always about the clock. In fact, more often than not, it's not about the clock. And if you allow yourself the grace in a race to not make it about pace, then guess what? You're gonna kick some ace. All right, I, I mean, I was at the end there, I was kind of failing. But that, it, it does hold true. I'm standing by that statement. Okay, exhibit C, it's a goal. And I love goals, big goals, little goals, tiny kick-ass goals, big-ass goals, whatever. It doesn't matter. Short-term goals, long-term goals, goals that last for a day. And I'll tell you what, in a race, it is a constant flurry of goals. Can I stay with this person? Can I run smart? Can I keep it together up this hill? Can I stay controlled down this hill? All of these different things. But the race itself can be a goal. It can be a lighthouse during winter where you say, okay, I'm running for that. That's why I'm doing this. I have a goal because in six weeks or eight weeks, I'm gonna do a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon or whatever, it doesn't matter, a road mile, indoor track, like I said, an ultra, a trail race, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you set a goal and having a goal is super powerful and you can change the goal. The goal could be, you know what, I'm going to run this 5K, and my goal is to to run it as fast as I can. Okay, that's a great goal. And you can set up your training around that. That's terrific. It could be suddenly the training's going well, but you're suddenly like, you know, this isn't so much about how fast I can run the 5K. I think this is a stepping stone to something else. So I want this to just be a really good hard effort, and it's an excuse for me to do this hard effort under the banner of a race. And we're going to get to why that can be awesome later. The point is, the race can be a goal. And having goals is great because goals are just another way to say purpose. And having purpose is powerful. And I'm hoping that the microphone through my computer is not making the peas pop too much. Okay? So purpose is powerful. Number four, or D, I'm kind of losing track of how I'm doing these. You may fail. Yes, I said that correctly. You race because you may fail. 
I think that's awesome. I think that's great. It's an opportunity to court failure. And I'm not saying, you know, like a vampire invited into your house. What I'm saying is every time you do a race, there's the possibility that you fail. Maybe you don't make it to the finish line. Maybe you set one of those goals about time or place, and guess what? Didn't happen. You fail. Okay. Fantastic. Too often in life, one of the things that we ditch as we get older are opportunities to fail. We get very stingy with our failure. We don't like to fail. So what we do is we limit our opportunities in our life to fail. And I think that is one of the biggest mistakes we can make in life as we get older. You watch kids on the playground, it is a sea of failure at recess during lunch. There are kids failing all over the playground. They're trying to do stuff on the monkey bars. They're trying to do crazy things on the swings. They're chasing each other. They're trying to catch balls. They're asking each other out on dates. There is failure everywhere. That's why a playground is one of the healthiest places on the planet because failure exists there. And you know what? They all come back out for recess the next day. And that's what we should do. We should allow failure to happen in our life. It doesn't mean we're failing on purpose. It's the exact opposite. In our attempts to succeed at doing something extraordinary, we have to be willing for the possibility of failure. In fact, the more extraordinary the feat we are attempting, the more likely we will fail, which means the most extraordinary people you know in your life court the most failure. That there is the straight truth. So if you want to be extraordinary, okay, then you need to court an extraordinary amount of failure into your life. Because what you're also doing is inviting the extraordinary. You're inviting the success into your life too, okay? They walk hand in hand, all right? They're partners. So that was D or four, I believe. If this is again Roman numerals, IV. Am I showing off? A little bit, okay. You may fail, that's what I said, which means you may succeed. You may experience success. You may win. You may triumph. You may experience victory. Whatever that means to you, you may succeed. That's awesome. Because if there's a chance of failure, that means there is a chance for success. And that is absolutely essential to our existence as human beings. We need to experience success. We need to accomplish things. We need to put ourselves out there and do something and say, I am vital. I can do hard things. Oh, it's epic, which is why it's not just about racing in races. It's also about going to races and experiencing racing from the sidelines and cheering on and supporting and celebrating the people doing the racing. You don't have to race at every race. You can just go and be a fan at every race. And guess what? You don't need to know anyone to be a fan of what everyone is doing. You just need to watch. You will be inspired. You will be motivated. You will be moved by what you're seeing. Okay? So you may fail, yes, that means you may succeed. Which brings me to another thing, which I kind of hinted at right there about going to a race 
and not racing, just going there to support, to cheer. The community, so this is A, B, C, D, E, or exhibit five, the community. If you've never been to a race, or if it's been a while since you've been to a race, let me tell you what one of the secret sauces that makes a race so tasty. It's called community. It's the people putting on the race, the volunteers. It's the people that come out and ring bells and, you know, grab their hose from the side of their house and spritz you as you go by on a hot day when you're running the community 8K. It's the people working the finish line and handing you your medal or that little silver space cape at the end of a marathon. It's the people that are out there early making sure that you know where to park or where to pick up your number. It's the people that are kind of doing that weird kind of shuffle dance on the starting line 10 minutes before that are next to you on your left and your right and behind you and in front of you. It's those people that say, hey, dude, guess what? Your shoe's untied. And you look and your shoe is untied. It's that community. The people out there that when they pass you, they say on your right and then also say you're doing great. The people, when you pass... They say, that's awesome, keep going. It's the people on the sidelines that don't know you and are cheering for you. It's the people that come up next to you and say, get on my shoulder. Like, and then they lead. They lead you. They do the work because they've been hunting you down for about, you know, 2K. And they see you and they see your shoulder dropping a little bit. And they're like, okay, this one's, this one's starting to hurt. And I'm starting to feel good. So maybe I can help them. Because if we can compete with and not against each other, maybe we both can finish better, finish stronger. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the community. The people on the sidelines ringing bells and shooting confetti cannons and playing Eye of the Tiger, you know. And you're like, this is the ninth time I've heard Eye of the Tiger. And it, just note to everybody. Work it out with your, you know, your town and your street. Not everyone needs to play Eye of the Tiger. I mean, we appreciate it as runners, but like, you know, by the fifth time you've heard it, you're like, ugh, you know, that's enough. That's enough. Is it Survivor who plays Eye of the Tiger? Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if it's Survivor. Huh, that doesn't seem right. Anyway, but, you know, tip of the cap to the person who's, you know, got their box, their like box from 1987 and the cassette tape and they're playing Eye of the Tiger at like 8.40 in the morning as you roll by. So cheers to you anyway. And if we got to hear it seven times, we got to hear it seven times. I'd rather you out there playing it than inside ignoring the race. So cheers to you if you're out there playing Eye of the Tiger. But if you could work it out with the street and maybe this week it's Nancy who gets to play it and that's it, that's cool too. All right. I don't know what number we're on, but I'm just going to keep going. Racing can be an excuse to travel. That's right. It can be an excuse to visit a city that you've always wanted to visit and experience in such an epic way. So I'll tell you what, when you visit a city or a town, the weekend of a race, it is a really, really cool vibe that that city's got going on or that town has going on. And the reason why is because what a race is. A race is a collection of people trying to do something to better themselves and trying to do it more often than not in a way that's better than maybe how they could have done it yesterday. 
It's full of hope and courage and kindness and empathy and confidence, but not in an arrogant way, not in a toxic, arrogant way. It's a confidence in a way that is that lifts everyone up. Okay, it's a light that shines around everyone. It's not a light that you know is, is being stolen and, and stealing other people's lights to add to their own. It's a different type of confidence. It's a really, really awesome vibe. So if you can combine some great travel with a great race, I think what you're gonna find is you may have unlocked something that you want to do for the rest of your life, that you wanna pencil in for the rest of your life. So. Racing can be an excuse to travel, okay? And investigate, explore, experience a city in a really cool and unique way while you're there. And not just while you're running the city, but the days leading up to it and the days leading after it. I think um, it also is, it, it fosters a very personal relationship with the city and the athlete that uh, you don't normally get when you just kind of fly in and fly out and hit a couple restaurants. I think as a runner, you know, traveling that city by foot um, and trying to do something that's, that's very vulnerable, which a race is. A race is, is, is you're very vulnerable as a runner out there trying to do something great. I don't know. I think it's uh, the city kind of welcomes those types of people in a way um, that maybe the city can't um, to others that are just kind of flying in, flying out. All right, um, this is the next one, which is seven, eight, or nine. I'm not really sure. Racing is a part of your sport, and this is kind of a loaded sentence here, okay? So racing is a part of your sport, meaning if you go for runs, you're a runner, and that's it, okay? So let me just say that, and I know most of you have heard me say this before, but the definition of running is the act of a runner. So if you are running, you're a runner, which means you're a part of this sport called running. And racing is a part of the sport, just like hill workouts and long runs and speed runs and trail runs and fartlek and all sorts of those things. I mean, that's, that's, that's all your sport, track and field, indoor track, cross country. It's all your sport. And that's maybe the word that should be stressed, your, your, your sport. Racing is a part of your sport. Now, you don't have to do it, but it is a part of your sport. So you have ownership of the races as a runner, okay? You have the right to race as a runner because it's a part of your sport, okay? So if you run, you own the sport. You are a partial owner. You have stock in this company called running, okay? Which means you are also a partial owner of racing, and the hills and the trails and the beach running and the boardwalk running and the road racing and, like I said, track and field and indoor track and cross-country, all that stuff, you are partial owner. So you need to look at it as it's yours, it's there. It's like when you decide to go for a run, which means you've decided to be a runner, which means you've decided to be a part of this sport, it's like you get like a, like a gift bag, and in that gift bag is racing. Now, whether you want to take it out of the gift bag and use it or not, that's up to you, but it's there for you, okay? So racing is a part of your sport. Okay, next, whether you understand this, believe this, or know this or not, there is a place on the starting line for you, okay? There is, because I said just prior to this 
it is a part of your sport, you have a place on every starting line. You don't need to do anything special other than be you, which is special enough because there's only one you to deserve a spot on the starting line. Now, granted, that's, you know, I'm speaking figuratively here. I cannot show up at the Olympics to run the 5K, but I can race the 5K. I can't show up at, you know, Western States and say, I'm going to run Western States, but I can try to run a long trail run. I can try to take on an epic challenge that, you know, mirrors Western States, at least for someone like me. It might not be as long, but the spirit of Western States is in there in that long, arduous, tough trail run that I'm going after. The point is, there is a place on that wonderful starting line. I'm not going to say starting line in the sky because now it's starting to sound like it's somebody dying. Like, no, just, but there is this idea, okay, of a starting line. And it's a starting line that leads to a run, which I think most of the people that I talk to or have run with in one way or another, whether it's literally in person or digitally through the app or through my writings or podcast, I think people, they know what I mean when I say there's a place for them on the starting line of a run. And I think for many, it was a leap of faith to believe me when I said that. And then they did that run and they realized I wasn't full of crap. There really is a place on the starting line for them in this sport. There, there demands for some people another leap of faith, or should we say stride of faith, Okay, we'll just go to leap of faith. I can judge by everyone's silence there that that was not as good as I thought. Um, It demands maybe another leap of faith to believe you belong, deserve, or have earned a place on the starting line of a race. But you belong there, okay? You've earned it by being a part of the sport. All right, next, uh, the bagels, soda, beer, orange slices, bananas that are waiting for you at finish lines. Now, they're not at every finish line, and it's not the job of every race to have these things at finish lines, but I'll tell you what, some do, and that's pretty awesome. I got to tell you, there's, I, it's weird. Like, whatever you're handing me at a finish line, I don't care what time of day it is. I've done races in the middle of the night. I've done races first thing in the morning. I've done races in the afternoon. I've done races in the cold, the rain, the sleet, the heat, doesn't matter. Whatever you're handing out on the other side of that finish line, I'm taking. I don't know what happens, but it's if you're handing me a beer and it's six in the morning, I'm probably taking it. If it's a banana, I'll take that too. If it's a cup of coffee, consider it going down the hatch. Now granted, I'd rather have a water first, but if you could just hold that coffee and make sure it's got no sugar in it and extra cream, we're getting ready to dance, okay? But part of the reason why you race is because of just the stuff at the finish line. You might get a medal, but you don't really need a medal. You might get a goodie bag, but you don't really need a goodie bag. Maybe it's just a ribbon or a high five or a hug or, like I said, a banana. And I'll tell you what, sometimes the banana is not even bruised, which is remarkable, I think, with the amount of hands that have probably been groping these bananas, it's amazing that by the time it gets to me 
at the end of a race, it's not severely bruised. But for whatever reason, road race bananas are made with tough stock, right? I mean, they're, they're usually really good. They're not like the kind of mushy bananas that you use to make banana bread. And did you know that? The best bananas for banana bread are kind of older, bruised bananas. And maybe we'll have a podcast where I talk about cooking things like banana bread, spaghetti and meatballs, garlic bread, chicken fingers. I'm really good at a number of different things. And I'm less good at even more. So moving on, now ready for the last exhibit, my last piece of evidence that I'm presenting to the court here. And this isn't like, oh, the big, I'm going to drop the hammer or the mic or whatever. Um, it's just the last one. But I think it's an important one. And it was the last one that I'm thinking of. So it's the last one. And that is racing uh, is a great reminder that you're alive. I think racing puts you through all the stuff. You know, the excitement, the nerves. Yes, you might get a little anxious. There may be some anxiety. There may be some fear. And, and that's okay. That's a part of life. That is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of you being a human being. There is, uh, you know, like I said, the potential of failure, which means, yeah, you, there's also going to be the potential that you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be sad that your heart might get broken. And on the flip side, there may be some great things that happen, some breakthroughs. You may feel accomplished. You may feel victorious. You may feel like you've done something better than you've ever done before, and that just fills you with joy. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be all of the things that make you human on display, either within yourself or amongst your competitors on race day. And that's great. You're here. You're on this earth. You're on a starting line. You cross the starting line. You're trying to do something epic on your way to that next line. Like that's, that's badass and should be commended. And good or bad, and that's entirely up to you because I've had some really, I guess, quote unquote, bad races that I'm really proud of. It's an unbelievable, extraordinary experience, okay? I'll, you know, I'll give you a, like an example because this is, I think a lot of people don't race because they're, they're afraid of failure um, or they're afraid of the struggle um, or they're afraid that the, the competition may get too intense. And, you know, I would, I would never tell someone to not fall in love with someone else because they may get dumped. You might get dumped. The person that you fall in love with and you get together with, eventually, you know what, it, it might not work out and your heart may break. Okay, that's, that's the risk you take. It's a worthy risk. Your heart will heal. You've heard me say this before. Your heart will heal. It's a muscle. And you know what muscles do? When they get worked, they break down a little bit. And that's how they get stronger. That's how they get bigger. So if your heart breaks, it will mend back together bigger. And it will be even uh, a larger vessel for love. It will be able to accept even more love. Am I getting cheesy right now? Uh, I don't know. There's a handful of people that will think I am, but most people will know I'm just being honest. There's an opportunity that your heart will get broken every single time you race. Okay, fine. Every time you get out of bed, there's an opportunity your heart's going to be broken. Get out of bed, okay? Because it's a part of it all. It's one of the ingredients 
You know what I mean? Like I said earlier, I don't know which exhibit it was, like two and three maybe, I don't know, or three and four. Every race offers the chance for failure and the chance for success. That's the same in life. There's the chance for good. There's a chance for bad. There's the chance for joy. There's a chance for sadness. There's a chance of happiness. There's a, there's a chance of laughter. There's a chance for crying. And yep, that's what makes this life so hard and so worth the struggle. So it's a reminder that you're alive. That's what I think racing is really is in its essence a reminder that we're alive and that we endure so that was my case to race that was the heart and soul of this episode now normally here i would go straight into the mailbag but i'm not at home so this is another episode without the mailbag which means by the time i get to that mailbag in portland it is going to be stuffed to the proverbial gills, which means next week we're going to have to dive into that mailbag and get some work done, okay? So keep sending those messages, those questions, those comments, and occasionally some cool stuff like books and things like that, uh, t-shirts I've gotten uh, to the mailbag, and yes, we will have an extended mailbag episode at some point, but I'm loving the mailbag. And like I said, let me know if you've never seen Jaws, two-part question, why have you never seen Jaws? Why are you, like, what happened? And two, since you've now seen Jaws, because that's the second part, what did you think? Okay, I'm super excited about that. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me today on episode 13 of Coach Bennett's podcast it means so much that I get to spend some time with you. It is such a kick-ass community that you have put together around this podcast. I am blown away by just the support you've given each other, which I've seen on different places online, and also the messages that you've been sending me. It does mean a lot. The fact that you're sharing the episodes with each other, please continue to do that. If you're not following the podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to, um, the podcast on, please follow me, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, and just know it means a lot to me. Look out for a new Coach Bennett's newsletter coming this weekend. I'm hoping to knock that out. The travel has really um, delayed that one coming out, but it's coming out. Um, it's going to be about home runs and the world championships and a couple other things. And two Coach Bennett's talking that podcast, we just dropped a new one yesterday, which is going to be two days ago by the time this comes out, but there is a new one out. We had taken a little uh, break for three weeks because of all the travel and dropping kids off at college, but we're back. And until next time, think about the case I made for you to race. Maybe you love racing, and now maybe I gave you a couple more reasons to love it even more. Maybe you were on the fence, and now you're sitting down on your butt like what just happened, and it's because you got knocked off the fence on the side for racing. Or maybe you're someone who's like, you know what? Racing isn't for me, and maybe I showed you. Maybe racing is for you. And lastly, maybe you're like, no, I'm still good without racing. And that's great if that's for you. I just wanted you to know some of the other reasons why maybe it was. And if you're still like, hey, no, I just like to run. I don't want to race for any of those reasons. That's cool too. That was part of this exercise as well for you to confirm 
what you believe is in fact true for you. So that's awesome, all right? Thank you as always for listening. Until next time, take care of each other, take care of yourself, and I'll see you on that next starting line. And maybe it'll be for a race. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today, you'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.